Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of the Mission Matters Money Podcast, your source for all things money. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at AskAdamTorres. Keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, missionmatters.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Hunter Thompson on the line. He's managing principal over at ASIM Capital, and he's also author of Raising Capital for Real Estate, How to Establish Credibility, Attract Investors, and Fund Deals. Hunter, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks a lot for having me on. So uh, I'm excited to get into this book, man, Raising Capital for Real Estate, How to Establish Credibility, Attract Investors, and Fund Deals. I mean, who doesn't want to do that? I know a lot of the people listening to this right now do. Um, so we're going to get into the book. But before we do that, I want to talk a little bit more about what you're doing over at ASIM Capital um, first. Tell us a little bit more about the company, please. Yeah, sure. So, you know, my career in the financial sector was kind of born out of the Great Recession. I saw 2008 as a massive opportunity started investing in stocks and followed a lot of the greats like Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger and basically ran into a wall until 2010, which was kind of the European debt crisis. And I remember I had studied all this time. I spent so much time trying to learning about day trading and algorithmic trading and also value investing. And then something wildly outlandish like the Greece bond yields started creating massive volatility in my portfolio. And I realized regardless of how much time I spent trying to mitigate those types of risks, the public markets are all very correlated with one another. And regardless of what financial advisors say about, quote, diversification, it's very, very difficult to truly diversify away from those unexplainable, unmitigatable risks. And that's where you know, I really started my real estate career and very quickly was rubbing shoulders with some very successful real estate investors and created a company to invest passively in really high-quality commercial deals, and that's what ASIM Capital turned into. Oh, that's awesome. I, I love it. I love the story, and you're, I mean, you're right. I mean, there's, when it comes down to diversification, I mean, it's hard when everything's going down. I mean, that's just the bottom line, so real estate's always been a different type of uh, safe haven, of course, depending on the sector and depending on what type of real estate you're doing, so don't want to make that a blanket statement, but I do think right. that is also a um, a good transition into the book, so let's just jump right into this. So, um, how, uh, um, excuse me, raising capital for real estate, how to establish credibility, attract investors, and fund deals. Um, first off, what was the inspiration for this book? Well, you know, like that story I just told, and like most entrepreneurial stories, there's a major, major challenge that they hit in their career, and they realize this is probably not just me that's having this challenge, but other people as well. And for me, it was a really embarrassing moment. So by 2013 or so, I had already started investing in real estate, having success, had an investment thesis focused on recession-resistant real estate, most importantly, the mobile home park business, and developed a great relationship with an operating partner that ended up being involved in some of the largest mobile home park transitions in the world and in the United States, and had success investing in my own personal portfolio and realized, hey, look, there's an opportunity for me to really scale this, but the key that I'm missing is other people's money. And mm -hmm. so... I thought this is going to be pretty easy. All I need to do is just present to a group of investors that have money that, and just basically show them what I've been doing. You know, I've been generating solid returns, 10% cash flow at the time, which I know people scoff at to think that that's possible now, but 10%, you know, going in cap rates, no joke. 
and you know 20% returns and a thesis that made sense and so I basically scheduled this luncheon with some of my you know friends and family and maybe their you know rich associates or wealthy associates right accredited investors only so pretty much everyone in the room had a, a net worth of a million dollars and there's 30 people showed up to this luncheon and I presented for about 30 minutes and I did from my perspective, a very good job of communicating what was compelling about it. The fact that there's 10,000 baby boomers hitting the age of retirement every single month, every single day, I should say, without a lot of savings. There's a ton of demand for affordable housing, and every single year, there's less and less mobile home parks because cities condemn them and transition them into apartments or something else. And you've just got this incredibly favorable supply-demand equilibrium. And so I presented this to a group of investors, there's no less than $30 million in the room. I passed out a piece of paper so that everyone could write the dollars that they wanted to invest on the paper, so keep it private, and then turn the paper back into me. And I raised a grand total of zero dollars, not one dollar. Oh, that just hurt my heart, Hunter. (laughs) Yeah, and it hurt my heart, too, because I had already made it clear that that's the route I wanted to go professionally. I had friends mm-hmm. waiting on me to text me. I raised $2 million in my first raise. I'm so excited about this. I can't wait to really get this career started. And it was embarrassing more than anyone. The financial component mm-hmm. was something, but it was more the embarrassment, the emotional mm-hmm. damage that that did. And I thought about it for about six months, about whether I quit real estate sector, whether I should go get a job for someone else, whether I should do mm-hmm. something entirely different. How was I going to even respond to the people that were waiting for me? And I kind of, in that six months, we're kind of glossing over it now, but trust me, there were some dark moments. But in those dark moments, I realized I never wanted to try to convince someone to invest with me. And that's exactly Mm. what I was trying to do. I want to make it so that I never have to do that. I want to make it so people are chasing me around to invest with me. And I needed to reverse the entire flow. And that's what I spent the last decade doing. And that's what the book is all about. Wow, what an amazing story, first of all. Um, and thank you for sharing that because sometimes, you know, we have people on the show and, I mean, and, and they don't always want to go into that bad part, you know, when something went bad. They, they want to stick in this, yeah, I've raised over $100 million, or yeah, I've raised $50 million, or yeah, I did this deal. And I'm like, yeah, but I know that didn't just happen. You know what I mean? No, a lot of times people don't totally. want to share that other part of that dark side of like, oh, my gosh, like my heart is you took me through that story. When you said you raised zero, I was like, please say, like, Grandma pitched in or somebody, please. <laughs> somebody, and they went to zero. So exactly. I felt your pain. That yeah, we have. That's yeah, point, Any, right? that's anybody that's been doing this for long enough has been there. Let's put it that way. Exactly. You have to scramble. You have to figure out some rich uncle to bail you out and, you know, borrow the 100 grand from them or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I basically realized it's all about – it's one thing if you know how to sell something, like a little product, and it's a $100 purchase and you're just passionate about it. You can communicate that. You can – convey that passion to someone else they can get them passionate about they can buy a hundred dollar product from you it's very different to get someone to send you a quarter million dollars over the internet Mm. right i mean that sounds outlandish if you're looking at it from a different lens and yet that is what investors do to me all the time you know investors that i've never met in person sometimes investors that don't require more than just a one hour phone call but it's because they know a tremendous amount about me. Some of them know much more about me than some of my best friends because a lot of my time is spent creating content and building a massive lead 
capture and lead nurture system that includes you know, podcasts and articles and interviews and just endless email streams about different topics so that by the time someone gets on the phone with me, number one, they're grateful that I've taken the time to talk to them. And number two, all they want to know is just, is it really a good feel from a gut perspective? They already know everything about a particular investment. They're already convinced from other people as well that real estate's a good idea, that the mobile home park business makes a lot of sense. And all they want to do is figure out, does Hunter Thompson really exist? And once that's satisfied, you know, they just want the wire instructions. And it's incredibly powerful, um, but it's something that other people can do as well, as long as they focus on actually doing what matters when it comes to raising money, which is building a massive scalable system for nurturing your leads and attracting them. And so um, one of the things that you've done so well and I want to focus a little bit on, and, and for everybody listening, we're not going to have time to go into the whole book, but that's because we want you to uh, pick up a copy too, and Hunter's going to tell you how to do that um, before we get off the line today. Um, but that being said, Hunter, I do want to go into some of the nuts and bolts of the book So, and something that you do so well, um, which I think you teed up great, which is Chapter 7, so Building a Brand That Establishes Credibility. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, please, and what that means to you? Yeah. Well, I think that the really kind of cliche thing is that invest, people invest with people that they know and that they trust. And that is fine in terms of a big picture thesis, but the, really the question is how do you create a scalable system that actually establishes that without requiring so much of your time that it's not really economically viable? So, for example, if I had five hours with each investor on a one-on-one -on -one basis, I can convince them that I know what I'm doing, that the track record is legitimate, that the people that I'm associated with are very high caliber. But I wouldn't be able to have as much of an investors that we have. We have hundreds of investors. And so really the question is, and what the book is about, is how can you present yourself in such a way that you overcome that massive question about credibility prior to getting into a one-on-one -on -one call? So it's about, you know, how do you create a website that's really graphically pleasing but not too expensive to actually maintain? How do you create articles that are compelling and interesting? And I'll just say one thing right now, and you know this as, as well as anyone. In the world of, quote, content creation, I think people are inclined to do things like keyword jam, just write an article filled with keywords, or just write an article that's not really that interesting. You can write one article that has the ability so that someone reads it and they go, wow, I want to share this with one of my friends because it will make me look smart. Those are the types of pieces of content that people should be creating. That can create something that goes quasi-viral, and then all of a sudden you have thousands of potential leads. That's really what it's all about when it comes to building a brand. Pick a niche, be yourself, be authentic, and all the things that are interesting about your personality that you're naturally inquisitive about, that you're naturally unique, you'll attract people that have a similar worldview, that have similar unique things about them, that like the things that make you unique, and then all of a sudden your business is filled with your ideal clients, which is just so powerful because then every day you get to interact with people that you love, and that's something I'm super proud of. Man, I love it, and, and you're the real deal because um, for people that get what you just said, that's how you build a real base and a real audience, and, and it works. So I'll, I'll give a random example. So I remember when I was an advisor, that's when I started my – so I haven't been in managing money or an advisor for years now, I think going on four years. But um, when, I, when I was, I remember the first time I realized I had really done a good job, like really being true and like conveying things with content and just being myself and, you know, doing what you need to do to connect to somebody – 
when I got a Facebook message, random Facebook message from somebody that had been referred that had saw a video or something that I put out, and they and they wanted to like I thought we were going to get on a call or this or that. No, they were literally sending. They wanted to find out what my email address was so they could send me their financial statement so I could review it because they wanted to be one of my clients. I'm like, what? Oh, like, man. they're gonna they're gonna send me their actual like statements for their investments that we've never even talked on the phone, and they're and they're contacting me on Facebook Messenger, and this is a real story. Like, this actually happened, and it was it wasn't. I mean, it was it was a good sum of money. It was it wasn't um, you know ten million dollars, but it was you know it wasn't a hundred thousand. So we were up there, um, but just the point that that could happen would be um, it, it just it just blew my mind. And the person was a tech executive. They've done their research and they. They knew more about me again, like you said, than I probably was. Yes. And maybe I forget my friends. They probably knew more about me than I knew about me. <laughs> so there's, there's a tech oh, guy. Oh, he knew his stuff. He, he was a, he was an engineer, so he'd done everything he needed to do on the internet to feel comfortable enough to send me a message on Facebook saying, "Where does he send his stuff?" Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you sharing that as well because I think that you know some of your listeners they may have not contemplated the fact that you had that kind of moment, right? And so did I. Right, there was a moment where someone said, you know, what's your typical process to onboarding investors? And it was the first time I'd ever seen an email like that. I was like, I've got to make one up. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, it works. And the faucet is now turning on. Now we got to create a system for actually accepting capital through the door. And uh, it's very, very powerful. But again, if you can, there, I'll put it this way. There's probably something about everyone that's listening to this right now. There's probably something about your personality that you try to hide in the corner to a large degree, maybe from yourself. That very thing can be the thing that differentiates you from some of your competitors. And again, if you start out by being open about that thing, then the fear of being found out later down the road is completely eliminated. Because what you don't want is to constantly live in fear that in 10 years someone's going to find out whatever. And what you do want is for that in that same 10 years, your business is filled with clients that share whatever that unique thing is about you. So like all the things that are not, like I'm not saying you definitely need to go like the most extreme route, but like if you're super religious, you can be honest about that. You'll attract clients that are similarly religious. If you've got really unpopular political beliefs or whatever, it's okay to be like open about that. Um, I'm not saying that needs to be like your brand name or whatever, but like, the fear of, I'm trying to, uh, imposter syndrome, right? That's the thing that's so mm-hmm. common in this world, but it's, it's not the reality of the way the, the modern economy works. You have access to billions of people, and all you need is a few hundred that really believe in you, really believe in your message to completely revolutionize your business. And, and I'll tell you the funny part is, is, and I know you, you, because of the business that you're in, obviously you have to be a little bit different on your branding, but depending on the business, if, if your thing is unpopular political beliefs, you might become very successful just by being you. Exactly. <laughs> just real, I mean, exactly. I'm not, I mean, you are being politically correct, but let's be real. The main thing also is if, you, if that's authentically you, there's other people that are authentically out there the same way and they're going to find you. Like they will find exactly. you. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly correct. So, Hunter, um, that being said, man, I could talk to you about this all day long, but we're about out of time. Um, if, um, but before we go, um, if somebody's listening to this and they want more information on ASIM Capital or on the other media you're putting out or, or to pick up the book, so, of course, Raising Capital for Real Estate, How to Establish Credibility, Attract Investors, and Fund Deals, um, what's the best way for them to reach out? Okay, cool. So, and first of all, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on the program and talk about it. Um, 
I am hell-bent on getting as much money out of the Wall Street casino as possible, which is why I wrote this book in this manner. It is literally a playbook for my entire business. And it's like, if you follow these rules, now they're not easy to do, but if you follow these steps, you're going to have success with your next capital raise. It's just as simple as that. Um, and you can get the book for free when you pay for shipping at raisingcapitalforrealestate.com. I wanted to give away a 1000 and the 1000 went like that, and now we're going to give away the first 5000 So go over there. You can get a free copy. If you're interested in investing with me, you can take, us, uh, take a look at our site at asymcapital.com. Fantastic. Well, hey, Hunter, really appreciate you coming on the show today, sharing more about your background and all the great work you're doing over at ASIM Capital. And to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. Hope you got a lot of value out of this. If you did, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, uh, leave me a review on the FY iTunes store. If you're watching this on our YouTube channel, Mission Matters Money, definitely give us a subscribe there, but also leave us some comments on the video. Love to know what kind of things you're working on and what you have going on in the world. And uh, Hunter, thanks again for coming on the show. <laughs> 